0: Praise the Lord. I don't know about you, but did you lay every burden down when you're singing that song? This is a day that uh, we 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 look forward to because it's a day when we're going to. Have you have you seen the tank up front? We're going to have a baptism this morning. Two young ladies, um, Hadley and Mackenzie, and uh, Tim. Alan and I both met with these gals, and I tell you what, I love their testimony. They want to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And as you know, that those of you that fellowship here, that uh, one of the ordinances, we call them an ordinance, that we have our communion, we do that, we celebrate that once a month. You know, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. We break the bread, we take the cup. And the other ordinance that we have is baptism, and baptism in our modern churches, today's churches, tends to sometimes come long time after we have committed our lives to Christ. And yet when we look at Scripture, we see that they believed and they were baptized. They came to Christ, they saw water, and they said, let's get it done. And um, the one incident that I find in, in Scripture is in the book of Acts 19, where uh, the Ephesians have received Christ. And when when Paul went to visit them, uh, they said, uh, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, well, we didn't even know there was such a thing as the Holy Spirit. They said, well, what baptism did you receive? When, you, when? They said, well, we received John's baptism. Well, the scripture says, well, that was a baptism of repentance. Remember, John was a crazy, odd sort of a character out in the desert telling people to repent and and they get baptized. But they didn't realize they needed to get baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ, baptized into their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they immediately, when they heard that, they got baptized. And so as we come today, it is a celebration. It doesn't matter how long it's been since, because these gals, they uh, from their testimonies, you'll hear it later, but they were young when they received their their salvation, and today God is bringing them to a place of being baptized, and we celebrate that. So if you're here this morning, and maybe you haven't even put your trust in Christ, you've not become a believer in the Lord Jesus, today's the day. You can come, and, and, and if you feel bold enough, we can baptize you right in your clothes. We'll just put you in, and we'll figure out how to dry you out later. But uh, in all seriousness, that's what they did. They got bat- They believed, and they were baptized. And uh, we often leave it, uh, we don't necessarily always teach it, and yet when, when, uh, when Peter uh, was in the home of Cornelius, and the whole family uh, came to Christ, he commanded them to be baptized. So there was a command, now how would you like that if I stood up here, I command you to get baptized, well that's, I don't know if I want to get commanded to do it, but it was so important, it was so necessary. Um, The other question you may have is, then what about, I got baptized when I was a baby. I mean, I went to church, and Mom took me, and they sprinkled me, and um, I'm I'm covered, aren't I? Well, Scripture shows that they believed and were baptized. Now, we know that in, in the case of Cornelius, the whole family came to Christ. There's the assumption there that the children were present and the children were baptized as well. And so that's where we get this idea that we can... Baptize babies. There's nothing wrong with it if we do that. What we do here at the Calvary Alliance is we dedicate our children to Christ, just like Hannah did in the in the Old Testament, where Hannah just was not able to have a child, and she said, "Oh God, if you give me a child, I'll I'll commit him to you. I'll dedicate him to you. Um, as long as he lives, he, he's," she said, will he shall be granted." Uh, to you, lent to you, in other words, dedicated to you. And so what we do here, just so you know, uh, if you're new to us, is when a couple comes in, they've got a baby, and they say, can we baptize our baby? We say, well, what we do here is we dedicate the child to the Lord. And just like Hannah did, and just like Joseph and Mary did when they took Jesus to the temple and they dedicated him after he was born, Jesus himself was dedicated to the Lord. It was when he was 30 years old that he got baptized by John. And, and so we, we say that we will stand with you as you dedicate your child, and we were standing with you, and we commit as a church to stand with you. And if your child falls, we'll, we'll come right alongside them. We'll help them grow in their faith. We'll help you if you fall. We want to be a family, a church family. And so we dedicate our children. And then when that child we pray, say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, help this child to see you and to know you and to be drawn to you, to come to personal faith in you. And when that child does that, we say, here's the tank. Now let's baptize you because now you believe in the Lord Jesus. Just like when Peter stood up after uh, Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit had fallen on, on all the disciples, and he stood up and he preached the gospel. And, and near, right near the end of, end of that, they cried out, well, what must we do to be saved? And Peter said, just repent. Turn from the way you've been going and be baptized, every one of you. And that day, 3,000 people were believed and were baptized. Now, that's that's Scripture. And so as we come today, it is an honor. It is a privilege. It is a privilege. Well, the thing is, the Bible does say that baptism, in Hebrews chapter 6, is an elementary teaching. In other words, it's the beginning. It's the first part. It's before you get to primary school and on to graduate school. It's, It's an elementary principle. And and it was made clear then in, in the book of Hebrews that that is that is almost like the beginning of your faith because it is elementary and you want we God wants us to grow beyond that to grow deeper with Him to get so deep with Him that we're so assured that that God is God and that He loves us and He has a plan for us and He cares for us and one day He's going to take me home to glory. So baptism is an act that we. We do here, and um, we and we're so glad that uh, we can have both Hadley and McKenzie do that today. Baptism, it's like the public confession. This is like the official language that, as you read in the commentary, it's a public confession. It's not a means of salvation; it is the evidence of salvation. When both Hadley and Mackenzie stand up here later and Tim is going to talk to them and have them share, Why did, how did they come to this place of making this decision for baptism? That's going to be the evidence. It's, this will be the evidence. They will share their, their salvation and this is the evidence by confessing that they love the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells you in Romans, it says if you confess, if you believe it with all your heart, if you believe in your heart, the that uh, the, the, the God is the Lord and, and that he raised him from the dead. If you'll confess him with your mouth and you'll believe in your heart, you shall be saved. Well, that's not mechanical. That confession comes from a conviction. And if you really want to research it, you think about who that letter was written to, Romans. Romans. It was written to Rome. And if they confess Christ, you know what happened to them? They were killed. So to, for them to actually confess with their mouth meant, woo, that was big time. You know, now we don't necessarily have that kind of thing happening, not in the U.S. today. I was just looking and Googling the other day, though, that uh, a few years ago, remember, the, where the ISIS, ISIS had men dressed in red Clothing, kneeling on the beaches. And then all the ISIS soldiers standing behind one man. Each one behind one man. Now I never watched the video and I don't want to, but those men were Christians that were kneeling and ISIS wasn't Christians. And they took their knives and they slit their throats and decapitated them. And they were happy to do it. If they would have denied their faith in Christ, they may have lived. So it it does happen today. The church is, there is a persecution. If you Google the 50 countries, there's 50 countries of the worst persecutions. North Korea is at the top of the list. To profess your faith in Christ in North Korea can mean imprisonment, possibly death. So it does happen today, it just doesn't happen necessarily here, but how many of us truly confess our faith. But that's just an evidence, that's just, that's just the evidence of your salvation. And so that's what we're looking at today. Father, in the name of Jesus, continue to speak to us as we examine these scriptures and just to be supported, the things that we do here, to be supported by scripture and not by our man's methods, man's ideas, man's thoughts. We want them to be yours, Lord. And understand what is going to, what is happening before us today as, as Mackenzie and Hadley come and, and, and stand before us, testify before us. And then as we have the privilege to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, help us to understand what's going on and what's gone on and help us to be strong in our own faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. so that was just the introduction. Now, hallelujah. I want to just say that baptism, it is your personal identification with Christ. As I look out and see and McKenzie, it is your personal identification with Jesus Christ, with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's an identification with, with his death, with his burial, and with his resurrection. When, when, when you stand up and say, I, I feel God is leading me to get baptized, I want to identify with Christ in his death, because in his death I die. And in his burial, my old life, my sin, is buried. And in his resurrection, I will rise to new life. And that's an identification. And we don't fully understand all the things that go on spiritually in this physical act of baptism. I couldn't stand up here and tell you, well, it's this and it's this and this. It's mysterious in some ways. But God will do what he wants to do personally in Hadley's life, personally in Mackenzie's life, and it may be different. But what is the same is Christ's death, Christ's burial, and Christ's resurrection. It's the same for all of us. And Romans chapter 6 is some verse verses, verses of Scripture that I was encouraged to read back in 1986 when we had a South African minister come and he spoke on a Sunday morning, and I've shared this before, I'll share it again. At the end of the service, he's already finished his, his, his sermon and he said, listen, there's going to be a baptismal service here tonight at your church. And if you've never been baptized as a believer, I want you to go home and read Romans chapter 6. And then you listen to God and decide whether you should be baptized. And that night I brought a towel. And I said, I've got to get baptized. And my mother found out about it back over in North Wales in Great Britain. And when I was so excited to tell her I got baptized, so she searched around the house and she found my baptismal certificate for when I was a baby just to assure me that they took care of it when I was a baby, that they weren't derelict uh, parents. They, they were responsible parents. And then I had the privilege a few years later to stand by my mother when she came to visit us in America, when she received the Lord Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. Then she understood what I did. And so, you know, that was a wonderful thing. But here's what Romans chapter 6 says in here. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we, we who died to sin, live any longer in it? So we're making a declaration. I'm going to bury the sin. In my baptism, I'm making a public declaration that I have died to sin. I'm burying the sin. I'm going to rise to new life. He says in verse 3, he says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? When he went on that cross and when he died, he died and he went into the grave. The death we deserved, he died for us. And then we, in our faith, go with him into that place of death. And then he says here, Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now, I don't know what your translation says, but there's a key word, some key words in there. It says that we should also should walk in newness of life. It doesn't say you will walk. He says you should walk. Because we all know how we've walked since we committed our lives to Christ. And if we're here and we are, like myself, have been baptized in the past and put the stake in the ground and made a public declaration, we know that even since that time, we've fallen back sometimes. We've fallen into temptation and sin. In fact, First John says, if you say you're without sin, you're a liar and the truth isn't even in you. That's not an excuse for sin, but it is. it is a sign and his word that tells us we're going to struggle until God takes us home. But he gives us the support and the strength through the Holy Spirit, through his life, through his word and through the body of Christ to help us walk as strong as we can. So we should walk in newness of life. Because he says here, verse 5 in Romans 6 again, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. You notice how he says if we've been united together. That's all of us. It is a blessing, yes, Mackenzie and Hadley, but it's all of us. This is, we're in this together. Christ died for all. He came to save all of us. He came to seek and save that which was lost, and that was us. And then verse 6 says, knowing this, that our old man don't you like it when it says old man doesn't say old lady? You know, but you know what I mean. It's that person, that, that, that sin nature that we have. Don't you? Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. And likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And don't even present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace." That that there is Romans 6, that's just the first few verses, but that, do you hear it? That that we follow him in his, and we identify with his death. And then in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, where Paul wrote to the Galatians and he says, I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's loved me. He died for me, right? That's what we celebrate today. That's what we're declaring. Is I no longer live. I am am giving myself to the Lord Jesus Christ wow, well, I mentioned, you know, or did I mention that Jesus Christ himself was crucified, I mean, was was baptized. And you say, well, he was God, wasn't he? Yes, he was. And he was born into this world as a child. His parents dedicated him to the self, Jesus to the Lord. But before he began his ministry, he went into the desert and he saw John And and, and he said, baptize me. John was like, hey, I'm not even worthy to tie your sandal. No, you baptize me. So Jesus himself was baptized. And then when it says he came up out of the water, it tells us that, and I I want to say this reverently, not, not mockingly at all, please don't receive this this way, but he wasn't sprinkled. He was immersed. The word baptism means full immersion it's fully immersed in him it's fully immersed in his death we don't leave anything out we're fully immersed and then we're fully raised and Jesus went down in the water and when he came up out of the water, you all know the, you know the story right where the heavens opened and From heaven came what looked like a dove and the Holy Spirit came and rested on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he began his ministry for three years of ministry where he got his disciples and he began to minister, began to see people healed, but ultimately led to his crucifixion. In in Matthew chapter 3, Reading the scriptures, it says, when Jesus had been baptized, he came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And and then it says, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I'm just asking you this question. Can you believe if Jesus modeled this for us, that when Hadley and Mackenzie are baptized today, that when we immerse them in the water and when we bring them up, can can we believe that the heavens will open up and that the voice from heaven would say, this is my beloved. You're my beloved child. In whom I love. He wants you to hear that. Because God loves the world, loved us so much. He sent his one and only son to die for us. And then he wants us to live for him. Because he's living for us now. I pray that you hear that. I pray that you hear that. Something that was stirring in my heart and, and and I not you know, couldn't get away from it. Was a verse in First John five ten, and I was talking to Tim about this this morning. And if you want to turn there to First John five ten, and if you don't have this underlined, maybe underline it, maybe make a note of it. And re- read read all church, read read First John. I mean, it's a tremendous uh, letter that was written. Of course, the whole Bible is. But in First John, chapter five, it says this, verse ten: He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. I say that again: He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. Your translation might say has the testimony. In himself, in other words, what is spoken in your spirit, in your heart, is, is the Lord Jesus Christ reveals himself to you. And it becomes a witness to you. He becomes a testimony to you. And it's so clear in your, in, in your heart that no one can snatch that, that truth away from your heart. That's what God wants us to have. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. When we, when we put our faith in him, when we say, I believe the Lord Jesus Christ, he is God. You're born of God. And everyone who loves him, who, 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 be, who let me say this again, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. That begot means born again, begotten again. I'm born again. And by this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. This is all the church working together. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. When we put our trust in God, we're going to overcome the things in the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, I don't know what you're dealing with, but you can be an overcomer because when God comes into your life, he is an overcoming God. He overcame death, he overcame sin, and he's risen up above it. And in him, when we identify with him in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, we live with him in victory. But you have to believe it in yourself, in your own spirit, have the witness in yourself. And verse 13 of chapter 5 says this, these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. It's a continuation. It doesn't just, you don't just do this and then that's it. It's a, there's a continuation. God wants us to go deeper with him, to study the word, to be, abide in his word, to have the sap from God, to have his life permeating us, soaking in us, so that the fruit that comes out of us is from God. A good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. You cannot change that. And so get in the vine. So with all that said, and there's much more that we could say, and I ask in the Holy Spirit just to, to show me and just to speak to us as, as we come to get ready for, for Hadley to get baptized. I want you to think about this. And can you need a nod from me? So there's your nod. And uh, but when Jesus came up out of the water of baptism, what was the first thing that happened to him? If you, look at, it's a, if you look at Matthew 4, verse 1, the beginning of chapter 4, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. As I, we were sharing with Hadley this morning, I mentioned this verse because I said so many times when, when, when folks commit to baptism, to identifying with Christ in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, when they come to make a public conf- confession, when it means it's the evidence of their own salvation in Christ, that to be ready. Because the devil doesn't like us committing our lives to Christ and testifying about him. And He, when you make steps forward to follow Christ, to follow your faith in Christ, the devil is going to be right there, right at your heels, and is going to bring all kinds of discouragements to you that he knows that are going to get under your skin personally. It will be a different temptation for each of us, but he knows how to do it. The wiles of the devil, they are many. But God has given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us his word. He's given us the church. That's why when we see two young gals come to get baptized, it is, we are, are going to promise and, and stand and say, we are going to stand with you. When the, when the girls are out there getting changed right now for this, when they leave here today, I'm, I'm asking you, should I do like Peter and command you? to pray for these girls because they are going to come under attack in their personal walk with Christ. Maybe you had that experience and maybe you went downhill for a while, but you realized this is a spiritual attack and you began to pray against the old devil, kick him in the head, and tell him he has no place in your life because he's already defeated. He was defeated at the cross. Pray for these young girls. And as we were... Here in Hadley's testimony this morning, wow, I brought this up because you, you want to be ready. And she said, and she gave me permission to share this. She said, as, as I made this commitment and as I started to you know, get ready to come up to Minot to be with the family and to get baptized, my car was broken into. Not only that, but the power steering went out in the car. So you, next, you, know, you know dad, dad's at the rescue, the rescue squad, has to go rescue a three in a three-hour drive to get a vehicle back to town to clean it up, to fix it up. Now you might say, well, that's just a car. No, it's a personal attack on a college kid. That can get under a person's skin. That can discourage you. Where are you, God? I thought you had a plan for my life. Well, he does. But the devil doesn't want you making a public confession. And he's going to come against you in his way. And we need to recognize that as a church family and say, if we stand together, we're stronger than him because we all have Christ. We're stronger together than we are individually. Christianity, I heard this uh, said many times, is not a lone ranger religion. It's a family relationship with one another, and Jesus is in the middle of it. So would you pray for them? Because we don't know what, God's gonna, what the enemy's going to do, but we know God is pleased, and he smiles, and he looks at these girls, and he says, Oh, you're my beloved, and in you I'm well pleased. And you know the good news is he looks at all of us with those same words. We made a big step of victory just to get here to church today, just to get to worship together. Now you think, well, maybe the beginning of the service, when all this technical stuff starts going wrong, where do you think some of that's coming from? It's just technical stuff. Well, we rely on technical stuff. What did they do hundreds of years ago? They didn't have technical stuff. But those little things can come and irritate you, especially if you're in leadership or if you're taught back there, with, oh, here it goes again. You know what? Jesus knew that before this morning. He had us go about the church service the way we went about it. And I hope and pray that you saw the love of Jesus in this place and that you, had, you sensed that you were truly loved and cared for and that you're here today to glorify him and to celebrate two young ladies that have given their lives to Christ and now they're making the identification with Christ, making it public and saying, my old life is dead, my old life is buried and my new life in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is what I'm going to step out of here and go live for. Amen? Amen for you girls? Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for us as we continue to to, uh, Father, just celebrate this idea, Lord, that you have for us to make a public declaration of the evidence of our own salvation. Lord, I thank you for Hadley and Mackenzie. Lord, bless them in this. And may they hear your words. May each of us hear the words from heaven today. Oh, these are my beloved girls in whom I'm well pleased. And may we as a church just celebrate. And, and may we see, our, see us as a church overcoming the things in the world. And may each of us who believe in the Son of God have the witness, the testimony in ourselves and have such confidence to leave this place today. And when those things that come and hinder us or try to defeat us, discourage us, we will put our heel on the devil's head and say, get out of here, Satan. You have no authority because my authority is in the Lord Jesus Christ. My life is given to him. I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Amen.